solihillradio.com. Hello, good afternoon. This is the Wellness Wednesday show on Solihull Radio. I'm Ali Swift, author of My Wellness Toolbox and also your Wellness Toolbox coach. And today we are encouraging you to find some inner peace as we chat to Jenny Critchlow, founder of The Peace Gym. Good afternoon, Jenny. How are you? Thank you. Nice to be here. Thank you so much for joining us. Jenny has spent the last 24 years in the wellbeing world, beginning with a BSc in Chinese medicine from the University of Westminster. She worked in London as an acupuncturist while completing her two-year shamanic apprenticeship with Warrior in the Heart in Glastonbury, emerging as a shamanic healer and a contemporary shaman. Jenny has a wealth of experience and training, and this is just some on the list. Trained Reiki master, trained in non-directive counselling, She studied vibrational medicine with the School of Vibrational Healing, trained in medicine wheel work, meditation teacher training with Zen master Dizan Skinner, who she continues to study with today. She has completed the eight-day Pranic Nourishment Program and is qualified as a sound healer with the College of Sound Healing. Jenny regularly practices Dyad, an intensive enlightenment program, and recently spent a week living as a Zen monk, which I am I just can't wait to find out more about that. In 2015, Jenny opened her workshop in Claverdon, the Peace Gym. She teaches workshops and courses as well as one-to-one sessions. And in 2019, Jenny launched a project called Sit With Me, a free program providing meditation space in the middle of busy areas. So just before lockdown, you could actually find Jenny on Friday lunchtimes sitting in Touchwood Shopping Centre, surrounded by a ring of chairs offering free meditation lessons to anyone who wanted them. Again, we will be talking more about that today. Jenny's motto quite simply is the only way out is in and I am really looking finding out uh, looking forward sorry to finding out more about that I always like to remind you at the start of every show that this is a wellness show we often discuss subjects surrounding mental health if anything we discuss is a trigger for you you can just switch off and come back and listen on demand when you're feeling ready for it but I have a feeling you won't actually need to do that today If throughout the show you have any questions for Jenny, please phone us on 0121 704 4253 or you can email the studio at studio at You are listening to the Wellness Wednesday show. We are going to start the show as always by playing the first song on our guest's positive playlist. This is Carrie Underwood, So Small. you got if you ain't got love the kind that you just want to give away it's okay to open up go ahead and let the light shine through i know it's hard on a rainy day you want to shut the world out and just be
And that was So Small, Carrie Underwood, which was the first song on our guest's positive playlist today, um, introducing the very lovely Jenny Critchlow from the Peace Gym. Jenny has joined us today to talk about all the wonderful tools that she works with to help you find your inner peace. So Jenny, I'm literally going to hand over to you (laughs) and say, can you tell us why you started on your journey back in you know working with Chinese medicine and kind of how it's led to what you do today at the Peace Gym yeah thanks Ali um oh there's quite a lot to the story and so I'm always trying to think well where do I start on this one I I often just say well my degree was in Chinese medicine um, and it all started from there there's a there's a nice story about when I was 14 and I went to a place called Northampton in Massachusetts um to stay with some friends and um, for the first time in my life I felt like I'd come home I didn't really know why Um, it was the first time I'd heard the word shaman or shamanic and interestingly I bought some uh, little masks then I was only 14 you can see them in the background actually Ali um, on this zoom call and it turned out later on that I found out they were shamanic masks I didn't know that at the time but that's where that word sort of came in and I spent my teenage years um doing lots of things and then i had some acupuncture and thought well actually this is probably what i'm going to go and do uh and so i did a good my degree that was with it was quite an exciting time actually because we were the 1997 intake so we were the first to go through as a degree as a bsc and they had a teaching clinic and things like that so that was um that was the start of that journey uh and then um i was working one day i graduated and i was working as an acupuncturist and this word shame, this was before the internet. So this word shame was quite difficult to look up. I didn't really know what it was. And I was between clients and I think someone had canceled or something, you know, and you got a bit of time. 
And I remember thinking, this is ridiculous. I know what I need to be doing. This is at a time when I had some belief around other beings in the sky had some kind of plan for me, which I don't have anymore. Um, but at the time I did, and I just, look, you know, I, I know what you want, just don't know how to do it. And I went and downstairs in a bit of a stomp and made a cup of tea. And I looked in the little one, one of the little alternative magazines and there in the middle was this little advert saying, shamanic practitioners, two years, call this number. And I called that number and um, began two years of traveling from London to Glastonbury um, studying with some really incredible people. Uh, so, yeah. I'm going to um, ask you there, and we will come back, obviously, and talk more about your journey. But what exactly is shamanic healing? What, what is a shaman? What does that actually mean? Uh, well, I think you can interpret it lots of ways, and I sort of stumble over cultural appropriation a little bit with the word shamanic. But the way I I use it, and the way I teach it, and the way that I teach every single thing I do, is that it's a useful tool for getting the chattering mind out the way and allowing the subconscious mind to talk to us. So, in other ways, it's a way I teach it as a way of finding your own answers. And my whole uh, work, whatever I'm teaching, whether it's meditation or anxiety and overwhelm or shamanic work or one-to-one, it's always about how can you make this better for you? How can I find my own answers as opposed to going to someone to find answers or to get them to find answers for you? So while there is a belief system around it, if you like, actually take all that away and shamanic journeying uses a drum and an intention and a visualization, if you like, to get that to occupy your busy mind. So that up comes your subconscious mind and in pictures or in sounds um, shows you something, if you like. And the reason I still teach it, even though I try very hard not to come from belief, um, is because it is an incredible tool. The beginners, the beginners that I teach is learning the tool, but take it further, do medicine wheel or do, um, do a furthering course where I've got the first group of shamanic practitioners about to graduate next uh, month. Um, is it, it is transforming within you whether we like it or not. So you don't have to believe anything. You just have to go with it and watch as you're... I've got the medicine wheelers are finishing tonight, actually. They've been on the six-week journey and lives are just flips. You learn so much more about yourself um, just using this tool. So I'm going to ask about the medicine wheel a little bit later mm-hmm. on. But I'm just going to step back onto your journey then. So you've qualified as an acupuncturist you were actually working weren't you in a was it a chinese hospital in london no 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 no, no, no. no. it was chinese medicine sorry it was chinese you're a chinese medicine sorry Mm -hmm. in london um and you've then gone through your shamanic training you've got your apprenticeship um Mm -hmm. so where what happened next where 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 did that take you uh, so I'm still in London, I'm working as a shamanic healer and uh, an acupuncturist, and then I do all the stuff you'd expect of someone in their 20s in this field. So as you said, I trained in all the Reiki levels, as you probably would. I think I, I did on-site massage as well, um, and then I worked for uh, London Lesbian and Gay Switchboard, so I was trained then in um, non-directive counselling, uh, which was really useful, and then trained other people, so it was my first sort of a move into teaching a little bit of thing. Uh, I also studied with a, a, a man called Jack Temple who was very pioneering in vibrational medicine. He was a really interesting guy actually who was in his 80s and growing his hair back. He was using the vibrations of DNA and studied with him for a little bit. Um, and so then, I'm going to stop you there actually. I need to know what I've, that is something. Every time I speak to you Jenny you give me a new word, a new healing and I just I need, I need to explore them all. What is vibrational healing? 
So, well, it would be just be a term of, of recognising vibration, if you like. And what's really exciting at the moment is that looking at the quantum world, we're, we're, all, we're all meeting. You know, if you want, I, I struggle with the word spirituality, but spirituality and science are meeting as they always were going to. And really, at the base of every bit of matter, there is uh, nothing. It's the, called the field of potentiality. And the field of potentiality is nothing, but it's also everything. In other words, it's the potential. And from that comes different vibrational slowing downs, if you like. So everything has a vibrational field. Everything has a vibrational hurt. And as you learn in sound healing, vibration entrains. In other words, it balances. It's, it, I don't want to go too much into it because no, it becomes quite complicated. Yeah. But really, with vibrational healing, sound is vibrational healing. Homeopathy is vibrational healing. Um, Reiki is vibrational healing. There's nothing that isn't because underneath it all, it has to begin with um, the movement, the vibration. You can even see videos on YouTube of people vibrating a plate with sand on it. Yeah. And at different hertz, the sand creates different geometric patterns. It's just, it's such an exciting time to be into all this. Oh yeah, completely. I'm, I'm fascinated by it. Mm. Um, so you've mentioned the medicine wheel and I do, we will come back and talk about that um, because I know that's something you're actually, it's quite current for you as well, isn't it? You've been working with other people doing that um meditation is obviously a big part of what you do as well um and you've actually done training with a zen master yes well that was my teacher training about five or six seven years ago something like that with an amazing guy called um Dyson skinner and he is an english guy and he has spent much of his life in um the Jap japanese monasteries really he's a real deal and i admire him greatly and i did my teacher training with him and realized there was just so much more i could learn and um he runs some really interesting processes one called dyad it's the so dyad would be um, an intensive period of time it's 64 hours of which enlightenment is the pursuit if you like it's all that's the only reason you're there and um, the reason i don't use the word mindfulness particularly and always use the word meditation is that at their base they are the same but mindfulness stops at um, being mindful paying attention using it for anxiety and overwhelm uh, using it for to, to maintain your mental health which is brilliant meditation takes that further and recognizes that there is such a state as enlightenment and i talk from experience i never talk from belief so um, i've done dyad five six times every time there's been that enlightenment moment where the entire world makes sense it's different every time um, and as Dyson would say, is that, you know, you can still be enlightened and have work to do, which I certainly do. And you can still be enlightened and be a horrible person. It isn't it isn't one moment enlightenment and then suddenly the whole world makes sense. And you're this peaceful being um, uh, pottering around the earth doing good deeds. And, but it is a process. And so this this awakening process is really quite phenomenal. And then you sort of get used to it and then you do it again and then it happens again at another level. So really, we're looking at meditation as um, a way of enlightening. And as again, he would say, if you've been meditating for 20 years and you haven't um, experienced that, that's, you know, a tricky one. You know, it, there is a process by which you can you can achieve it. And I'm living proof of that. Wow. And was it around the t same time that you did the meditation that you did your the sound healing qualification? Has that been all within the last... Uh, no, that was a while ago. I, I forget all my dates. Okay. I, I, so I do a lot of sound baths just as a, a just because they're lovely. And I thought I'd better put a bit of gravitas behind that. So I did 18 months with the College of Sound, which is uh, really useful. In fact, it's more useful understanding vibration. Uh, than anything else uh, and I think that was about four years ago 
I forget now, in the last six years because we were living in this house. (laughs) And ultimately all these tools, and again, we will talk about these a little bit later on, all these tools can help us with such a wealth of, I'm going to say issues and illnesses. Um, You've mentioned anxiety already there, um, stress relief, but also physical healing, I guess. I suppose so. Yes. I mean, I don't, I don't do, offer any um, complementary therapies anymore. You can get those everywhere and there are some amazing people doing it. And so that's sort of, I can leave that to one side. Um, and I don't make any claim for anything. My, 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 I see my role as asking people to learn how they can find their own answers for themselves mm-hmm. so that they don't have to come to me or anyone else and ask. So everything I teach is always about how can you make this better for you? Even in one-on-ones, you know, we are looking at the, our internal reality is, is reflected in our external reality. So when someone comes with a certain issue, we're looking at where they are at the center of it and what they can do in order to change it, as opposed to how can we change other people? How can we change the circumstances? We are always, I am, I am always looking inside yeah. for the answers. Yeah. Which leads me quite nicely to ask about, um, I mean, you've got the Peace Gym and I re- we are going to dig deeper a lot into the Peace Gym and it go, go around that gym. Um, but, the sit with me program um that you actually started last year and obviously has been put on hold i guess because of a certain covid um i guess i mean i'm going to ask you to tell me more about that now but that's about sitting and just being still with yourself is it Uh, yes, well, really, that was something that came through on, on one of the dyads. It was a really interesting vision. My demographic of, of people, really, are people who have never done anything like this before and are slightly nervous of it. And my job is to break it down into these are just useful tools. You don't have to believe a thing. So my, the best entry into that would be to go to go to people as opposed to waiting for people to come to me, because there's a big gap between going to people and someone deciding to make an appointment with me or to book a course. So where else but Touchwood and all, you know, good old. Um, Tony at Touchwood totally saw the vision and they gave me this space every Friday and the porters would bring the chairs down and I put my little banner up and I had loads of support. I had this postwoman that came every week and really the idea was if you want to know a little bit, just a little bit, come and sit. And it's amazing actually, I bet you know this already Ali, how many people could can just struggle to sit down, just struggle to sit with themselves because we have this constant narrative and we're so busy trying to uh, ignore it. So one of the things I talk a lot about is that we, we have to numb ourselves. So we've got all these thoughts, all this story, all this victim, all this perpetrator going on in our minds. And in order to deal with it, we numb ourselves, we take ourselves below thought. So we drink, we take drugs, we shop, we gossip, we go on our screens, we will do anything other than sit with that. And so when that, all of that stops and we have to sit there, we can be quite a scary person to sit with. You know, we, we can, in fact, the first time I really sat with myself years and years and years and years and years ago, the first thing I noticed was I wasn't really a very nice person at all. I wasn't a nice person to me and I wasn't a nice person to other people. And I didn't know why, but I was just good at pretending. And in, in, in that sitting was that first noticing. It wasn't scary, it was just a notice. And when you notice something, you, are, you can either do something about it or it begins to release. 
So what we do with meditation is the practice of meditation takes us above thought. So when we go below thought with shopping and drink and drugs and gossip and screens, there's normally um, a payback to that, a negative to it. Whereas take ourselves above thought and there's no negative to that. We just be become able to sit with our thoughts. And then, so one of the first things I ask people to do when we're learning meditation is just very simply to ask them to sit and to close their eyes. And then to ask them just to see whether they can stop thinking even for a millisecond. And in that millisecond of not thinking, who are you? And there is no answer to that that is not a thought. But there is an awareness that there is something there that isn't thought. And it's the beginning of the journey that we are not these thoughts. And yet we spend our lives running away from them. And so, yeah, go into Touchwood, meet people, ask them to sit, give them some things to do. And it's quite an incredible moment just sitting there. Some people have never sat in silence before. And what response did you actually get from people that did it? Um, well, I had a mix of people doing it. So I had a lot of support. So people would come in and sit for various periods of time um, with me so that they would be support people. For other people, it was just that beginning of I didn't know this was it. And actually, it's really quite interesting to sit and listen to Touchwood. You know, they might have been there a hundred times in their life, and yet they'd never really experienced the sound, the smell, what temperature it was. And we just, it's just encouraging people to start to notice what is, as opposed to believing the thoughts in their head. I think it's really powerful. And this year alone um i've really got into guided meditations not i know there's meditation there's guided meditation there is a difference um before i tried i i just would get frustrated with it it obviously didn't come to me at the time for me but also i felt that oh well i've given it a bit of a go and it doesn't work for me so that's it then however this year i really pursued it because a few people had said to me I think this will really help you Ali um, and so I tried again and then I very quickly learned that you have to train yourself don't you you don't it doesn't come nat naturally it does require effort um, and I did it actually consistently for two weeks and I don't know whether it was because my mindset is well if you do something for two weeks it's then you know an addiction <laughs> but I have actually been able to carry on doing it and it has been really effective for me but whenever I try meditation, which is different, isn't it? Because you haven't necessarily got someone guiding you through it. My mind just goes into overdrive. It's it's literally <laughs> like, oh, right. It does, it's like I've pressed the wrong button and it switches it up. Yeah, well, that's the point, is that, is that the noticing of that is your beginning point. So visualisation distracts our thoughts and it's fabulous. I'm, I'm not taking it down at all, but it's the equivalent of going to the gym and doing a relaxation course. You don't emerge any fitter and stronger. You might be a bit more relaxed for 24 hours, but that really would be, and you can do some interesting work with visualisation, but if we're really going to emerge from the gym fitter and stronger, we actually have to go and put that work in. So the way I approach beginner's meditation is always, it's a four-week course, is always to introduce um, different ways of seeing it so and, and seeing the results, if you like, from my own long, long practice and in order for you to see why we would bother. So I always start each week with an, um, a, a way of seeing. Uh, one of the ones I do is uh, we uh, 
uh, spending our lives in a nightclub. So there we are, we're in a nightclub, the music's going, everyone agrees, we're dancing to the same beat, it's loud, there's drugs, there's alcohol, there's dancing, there's there's relationships, there's everything you could possibly want in this nightclub. Sounds Spend your right. whole life, it sounds fab! But <laughs> 30, years, <laughs> 30 years later, there's this point where you might look around and go, you know what, I'm tired of this. And you try and find someone to agree and he's fumbling around in the darkness and there's nothing until you notice that there is um, someone looking at you and this person just points you to a handle and you push on the handle and you put your head out and you realize you step out and you realize that this nightclub is just a shed and outside of this nightclub is the most incredible tranquil forest lake stillness birds and you get scared you go right back into the nightclub spend the next five weeks there but you know it's there you know there's something more than this something that takes you away from all this chaos and gradually you start spending more and more time out in that peace and it's really useful because we get it it's not beating ourselves up for being in the nightclub but you know that if you're tired if you're fed up if you've had enough there is another way of living this stuff it's incredible. Um, I love listening to you, Jenny. And we are now going to play another song. And I call it the Positive Playlist. And in a nightclub, we're often dancing to our Positive Playlist. But actually, for me, your choices today, although positive, I would probably add some of these to my Peaceful Playlist, as I call it. So we are, after this next song, we are going to come back. We're going to talk more about belief systems and all those great tools that you you use and work with for other people and to help with their healing. Before we do play the next song, can you tell me why um, Feeling Good Today by Snatam Kaur is on your playlist? Oh, yeah. Well, Snatam Kaur would be on any playlist ever. I think I've got everything she's ever done. Her music is incredible. But this one, Feeling Good Today, is from her children's album. And I think we should have something for the kids. It's fabulous. And I used to sing it with my kids when they were younger in the car all the time. And there's nothing like a, a bit of Feeling Good Today. This is a beautiful song. Snatam Kaur feeling good today.
Towards the countdown to Christmas, a time we hold dear. Sleigh bells and stockings and festive good cheer. But alas, can it be? We're smiling through masks, meeting in bubbles and waving through glass. Whatever has changed, our hope is the same. That the joy and the magic of Christmas remains. It does. It's here. Our plan is in place. Our own snow globe world is ready and safe. With spaced-out arcades, more room for your cars. We've sparkled and polished the floors to the bars. Over seventy stores with shopping galore, so you can enjoy the festivities and more. A magical grotto. Santa is here. His elves are ready to spread Christmas cheer. Our own wonderland. To shop in for hours. The magic is safe because Christmas is ours. Touchwood Solihull, keeping Christmas safe. You are listening to the Wellness Wednesday show, and the song before the Touchwood advert advert there was feeling good today snatam core and there's one thing i love 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 about doing the positive playlist on this show is that the guest always introduces me to new music and new songs and um i'd never heard of snatam core before um and now i am listening to i listened to it all yesterday it's so relaxing um and i've even added something to my christmas list relating to her so i can listen to her even more so thank you for that jenny so Jenny, before um, that song, we were talking uh, about all the amazing things that you've done to help other people go within and help heal um, their emotional well-being, their past traumas. Um, one of the things that you do talk about, um, and I picked up on it straight away when we actually met for the first time, or it might have been the second conversation, is around belief systems. Because you, you're very... Um, you talk about the fact you don't actually need a belief system for any of this, do you? No, and I don't have one myself either. Um, so really, it's that my job is to look at what, what is. That's why I love Zen so much, because it is absolutely accepting what is for, what, for however it is. And when we're doing some work with um, Dyes and Skinner, sometimes he'll say, you know, some of you will get amazing smells. Some of you may see visions or colours. That's not enlightenment. Let it arise, let it fall and move on. And I just love that because we get very wrapped up in what we believe. And, and in many ways, I know that it, it, it's a tricky one, but belief is a choice. And it, it has to be believed and can be unbelieved. I hope I'm not treading on too many people's toes there, but that is where I am with it. So my job is to look at what works and how can you do it so it works for you. And if I say to you, because in this world, Ali, and you must um, know it yourself, is that in this alternative world or complementary world or whatever we want to call it, we are so unregulated that you can call yourself or I can call myself absolutely anything. And no one will question it. No one regulates it. And that um, we can say anything and um, uh, people will believe it. And I've had people come and say, well, so-and-so said I had a wonderful aura, but I had a dagger sticking in it. And my answer is, well, you could say that that's not true. 
it, we're constantly looking for things to mean something and actually the only way out as i say is in is that we go inside and work out how you can work this for you yeah. it doesn't mean there isn't miracles but there are you know what we what we need to drink falls from the sky that is quite incredible and we miss it waiting for an angel or you know a sign yeah no, there is just so much. Humans are miraculous. I'd never met a human that wasn't a loving, kind, beautiful person. Underneath, maybe, but definitely a loving, kind, beautiful person. And our miracles are in us. And our work is in us. And the way home is in us. And the way to feel better is in us. It's never without us. And my job is to ask people to look there, or if we're doing one-on-ones, to look at how their world is reflecting what we need to look at there. The people that bug you the most in the world are the people that are there to show you what you're doing yourself. And we, we don't like it, but you know, get the tools and you're tooled up for life. Yeah. Ask me for answers and you, that doesn't tool you up at all. Yeah, it's, it, it's fascinating coming from quite a personal uh, for personal reasons as well because last year when I started to experience really bad anxiety again after 14 years um, I felt like that what I kept saying is I felt like I'd lost my belief system so mm. that's what I felt like I'd lost and I feel like the kind of journey I've been on in the last well nearly 12 months and well, it is 12 months has been to strengthen that belief system in a way like I've got my belief system back but actually what I've done is I've have gone inside and I've found the answers myself and so when you talk about no belief system and then belief system it's it's obviously resonates with me immediately because of it's it's quite current and it you know um so I'm, I'm just fascinated by it yeah, it is. It, and it, 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 what it means is that this is open to everybody. So you can have the strongest faith in anything you like and still benefit from these tools. Yeah. I think that's really important to get is that I'm not, we're not worshiping, uh, worship, even when I'm teaching, worshiping anything, even when I'm teaching shamanic stuff, there's some lovely rituals around that. And us humans love ritual. It's a really powerful thing. We love prayer. We love ritual. We love songs. We love all the things we do. And it, it's part of the human experience. It doesn't mean there isn't something, um, when I say bigger than us, I don't mean outside of us, but as I say, that exercise where you shut your eyes and not think, and who are you? We are all aware if we can do it, there is something that is us, that is unchanged. You know, look back on our past, our bodies have changed, our ideas have changed, but there's just something that has always been us. And that's the field of potentiality. That's the thing that uh, one of, uh, that unites us. One of my enlightening moments came in the sentence of, it's our ordinariness that connects us not our specialness so let's let's do the ordinariness so so what is the medicine wheel then just talking about ordinary you know because again if you if you say to somebody uh sorry sorry we've got a bit of a delay there sorry jenny i was just saying um with the medicine wheel um and belief system if you said to somebody um oh, do you want to come and do a medicine wheel? Oh, well, I'm not sure if I believe that. But what you're saying is you don't have to believe it. Just give it a go. And if it helps you and it works for you, what does it matter whether you believe it or not? Exactly. So really the medicine wheel is a process. So you do shamanic beginners. So you learn the tools of shamanic dreaming, if you like, or the concept of it and figure out how it works for you. So it's always about how do you journey? How does that work for you as opposed to someone else? And medicine wheel is six weeks of working an issue. So 
Um, you can decide your own issue. It doesn't matter what it is, but it's a six week process. So we start the first week where um, you figure out or you journey for um, confirmation of what you're working on, whatever that is. It can be personal or spiritual or whatever it is you're working on. And then the next week, we journey, if you like, to the to the energy of the east. So the sun is rising and we're starting to see some light on the issue and see its shadows. And then we move the next week into the south where there's full light on it. And we look at this issue in the full light of day. And then into the west where we see its shadows once again and looking at it differently. And then into the north where it's dark and we put it away. And then the sixth week, we go back into, if you like, the center of our wheel. And we really give this stuff up, whatever we're working on. But you use the tool of shamanic dreaming in order to see it because it, because shamanic dreaming takes away your thinking mind, if you like, and occupies it, a bit like a visualization, occupies that thinking mind. It means that then what arises up, it comes from a deeper place, from that silent place and allows you to see it in a way that you possibly haven't seen it before. It's, it's really powerful. Um, so the beginners is just learning the tool and medicine will is using the tool. So if someone's sitting listening to this now and they're thinking, oh, that sounds interesting. What can the medicine wheel work for? What, why would you choose to do the medicine wheel? Uh, because like any like any self-work, it, it helps you do your self-work. We can all sit and, and stare at ourselves in the mirror for hours at, at a time. But if you've got a process going on where you turn up every week for six weeks and you've got me there going, can you look at it this way and what did your journey do then you do the work it's a bit like you know if you go to a counsellor you, you may t- talk about stuff you already know but actually sitting there and committing to it means that we commit to change exactly just the same as going to the gym or having a personal trainer we can all go to the park and use the benches and use the swings and there's resistance things but we don't in the same way as if we've got an appointment booked yeah because the peace gym then that is about going to the gym for your mind isn't it yeah it's it's a concept really that that if you want one of the things I say in beginners meditation to everybody is okay we're just gonna go around say hello Um, but really what I'd like to know is what what do you want from this next four weeks and invariably they're the same answers I want to feel less stress I want to deal with anxiety I want to manage depression I'm going through a difficult time etc etc and it's a bit of a trick question because the, the talking stick comes around to me and I say awesome that's great and you can definitely deal with all of those things with this tool the the trick is, though, the catch is, is that you've got to do it just like if you want to get fitter and stronger. You actually have to go to the gym. It's pointless getting a personal trainer once a week and then not doing anything and eating donuts all week and then showing up the next week and wondering why it's not any better. Is that we actually have to go to the peace gym. We have to decide that this is going to be something that we do. Unlike like our bodies and most of us, you'll pick it up and put it down. But you can't ever not know that. And again, my job is getting this sort of self-responsibility into us all is that we have to show up to, to we have to show up for our mental health. No one else is going to do it for us unless you want to pop pills. And there's nothing wrong with that either. That's not I get so many people saying I just don't want to pop pills. It's like, OK, you can. There's no judgment on anything. But if you don't want to pop pills, you're going to have to do something. And it would be just people understanding that in that way. So, yeah, that's why it's called the peace gym. You show up for it. And hopefully, (laughs) (laughs) well, and that's the thing. It's it's self work, isn't it? It's self development. And you yourself are constantly. You well, you can just tell by all the amazing things that you've got on your CV, if you like, are constantly Mm -hmm. developing, working on yourself. Um, it it, it's not like you go to the peace the peace gym, 
you get sorted you walk away and that's it it's it's a continue it's a journey isn't it it carries on it's you're constantly working on yourself and growing and changing and dealing with the things that life throws at you yes absolutely that's been my life commitment ever since i can remember um uh what i would say is i mean the, the zen master i like to study with he's so ace i know i mentioned him a lot but i work with him a lot at the moment um is he reckons only about four percent of people in his estimation will actually look at their muck in other words we, we're happy to skirt around it and we're happy to do the things that aren't so uncomfortable but really looking at my muck is my job and clearing it out or being with it including the stuff that can be really painful which is you know saying sorry unconditionally and i call it making amends because it's more useful than sorry in other words apologizing for my part in things without asking anybody else for their apology and that can be really painful and still is really painful because i know that they think that i think i'm wrong and they're right and but what it does is free me it frees me i've, I've said it i've done it and leaves them in their muck and my job is to look at my muck and to really say, I behave badly there, or this is the game I'm playing here. This is where I'm being manipulative with you here. This is why I said that. And really sitting in it. And last um, dyad, I sat in rage for about three days. It was quite horrendous to the point where I thought I was probably affecting everybody else. I don't think I was, but it was just this rage. All like it was over my whole body. And I went to Sanzen, which is where you talk to the master on your own. And I just said, I don't know what to do about this rage. I don't need it anymore. And he said, well, you may not need it, but it needs you. And there's room for all of it. It just needs your love and compassion and kindness and the allowance to be what it is. And it was a really powerful moment and bang, in a second, it almost, almost like a physical cloud just went. And I just laughed my head off for a bit. Yeah. There's a lot of laughing. So yeah, it's, you know, it, it, I, my job is to absolutely do the work and then invite you to do the same. And something you've done this year as well is lived for a week as a Zen monk. Yeah, that was great. I'm fascinated by that. Tell us more. Uh, well, the idea is, um, uh, so as I said about us numbing ourselves from our thoughts, well, I do it too, is that when you go and do some quite intense work like this is that it removes all the distractions that I would use to distract myself so there's no talking there's no writing except for when you're in a bit of teaching um, there's no reading there's no listening to anything it is just silent and so I spend a whole week in silence with myself I mean you can't really get away from yourself in that and and so and, and you're also depriving yourself in some ways so this it was a 4 30 a.m start and then by 5.30, you're Zen running out in the dark. And I fell over on a bank and I did think, what on earth am I doing in the dark here with a wet bum? But what happened was, that was the rage week, is that um, in that process, what happens is I cannot deny what's inside and it starts to arise and you let it go because we don't allow that. We, we're taught that some feelings are bad and some are good and we need to repress the bad ones and not express it when actually every feeling needs expressing. I don't mean if you're angry to hurt someone, but go and do anger. Go and watch your body do anger. You know, when you're excited, think about what your body does and your smile does and your face does. You, excitement has an expression and so does rage. It's just we don't know it. And watching my body do rage is really fascinating. I look, I look a bit like Gollum, really funny. It's just, but, and out it comes and there it goes. And it's no more or less valid than excitement, pleasure or love. But we stuff it down and we wonder why we're all in so much pain. Yeah. 
I think that's a really powerful message. Every emotion is valid. And it's emotions that we don't deal with, such as rage and anger. I don't like to call them bad emotions anymore. In fact, I went through my whole book when we were doing the proofread and changed um, it from negative emotions and bad emotions to uncomfortable emotions those things that we don't sit comfortably with us because we have to learn to deal with those because if we don't that's why we get depression that's why we get anxiety and other you know emotional and physical illnesses Mm -hmm. so i'm going to play the next song on your positive well i'm going to call it a peaceful playlist today um why is like me shelly Wright on your playlist Uh, Well, she's a woman of about my age. Um, She's LGBT and I'm LGBT. Uh, And when I was going through my whole awful coming out uh, phase in my late teens and early 20s, there was nothing really, nothing, um, definitely nothing online because there wasn't anything online. Um, But there was just no... uh, no culture, especially around bisexuality or lesbianism. And my daughter's LGBT and she's 16 and I'm watching her whole coming out process and it's just so different. It's just fabulous. There's everything. And she was coming up with all these songs that I could have paid for this part of our community. And I just said, you know what? I'm going to have to play this. It's the only one I know from sort of my generation, um, even though she recorded it um, recently. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's part of the celebration of how far we've come in acceptance of ourselves as glorious human beings. This is Like Me, Shelley Wright. Without your blessings, you just plain can't see. Your favorite color For the most part is green You're close to your grandma On your mother's side You can count up on one hand The times you have lied You won't eat a tomato On a double-dog day You don't think you're a beauty But you do like your hair You're complex and tricky Yet some ways you're not You're up some, you're down some You're cold and you're hot And who's gonna end up Holding your hand A beautiful woman Or a tall, handsome man There's no doubt they'll love you But it's yet to be seen Will anyone ever know you like me? Will anyone ever know you like me? You like planting flowers, that's heaven to you. Crack open a beer when your planting is through. You'll paint all your toenails if you have the time while listening to Willie, Dylan, and Prime. Who's gonna end up? Holding your hand A beautiful woman 
or a tall, handsome man. There's no doubt they'll love you, but it's yet to be seen. Will anyone ever know you like me? You'd rather make out than make love all night. You like if your bath is too hot. Your closet is cluttered with dress pants and Levi's that you wish you'd never bought. Who's gonna end up holding your hand—a beautiful woman or a tall, handsome man? There's no doubt they'll love you, but it's yet to. Will anyone ever know you like me? Will anyone ever know you like me? Solihullradio.com. Well, that was a beautiful song, Like Me, Shelley Wright. Thank you so much for adding that one today, Jenny. Now, this is the part of the show I like to share what's going on in the area for your enjoyment to support your mental and or physical health and to let you know what services are available for you if you're struggling right now. So I was really excited to find out this week that there is a new musical called Everything is Absolutely Fine that will be live streaming on the 22nd of January 2021 around the UK, produced by up-and-coming production company Hannah Elsie Productions. This is a new comedy musical about anxiety disorders, caring and trying to keep going. Alice is a woman making a fresh start. She's moved out of the big city to a small town and has a plan to become a new woman, cool, calm and free. But her old friend Anxiety has other ideas. BritishTheatre.com has given the show five stars and called it a packed and very rewarding experience. You can book tickets to watch the live stream at the Core Theatre in Solihull by going to the Core's website and searching for Everything is Absolutely Fine. The production is supported by the Cameron Grant Memorial Trust. Now the Cameron Grant Memorial Trust was set up by Cameron Grant's parents who took his own life aged 21. When he died nobody knew he was ill but in a letter he left he described struggling with depression for seven years before he died. At Cameron Grant Memorial Trust they want everyone to know there is always someone you can talk to. They use Cameron's coasters, simple drink mats to highlight help available. They will work with any community to customise those coasters so that they have the most important help information and they provide those coasters free of charge. Drink mats are not always useful in every setting so they also produce Cameron cards which are business cards with the same information. If you would like to know more please contact coasters at camgrant.org.uk or at at Cameron Memorial on Twitter, Facebook or Instagram. Let's help share the important message that help is available everywhere. If you or a loved one need help right now, you can use the free CAM support messenger. All you need to do, and I know how difficult that is, is text CAM 
85258 for free confidential support at any, ta- da- any time, day or night. And this is delivered in partnership with Shout 85258. So Jenny, do you have any wellbeing events happening soon or anything lined up for the new year that you'd like to share? Oh, plug fest. Thanks, Ali. Uh, yeah, Monday night, it's solstice on Monday. Uh, so Monday night, there's a Zoom uh, guided meditation and ceremony and sound bath. And you can, if you go to Jenny, if you go to thepeacegym.com and go to the events page, uh, you can book on there. You don't need to know how to do anything. Your camera's off, you're on mute. It's me, me being gutsy and singing and doing a ceremony for you. Um, and then New Year and the newsletter isn't out at the moment because it's so hard to uh, book ahead, but there'll be a beginner shamanic. Um, there'll be the, thir- the, the beginning part of beginner's meditation and probably the third part um, for people who've done that before of meditation. And there's always medicine wheel playing uh, and possibly an anxiety and overwhelm workshop. Uh, but again, just waiting on our tier system to like, decide what to do. <clears throat> and how do we get in contact with you? Can you just remind us? Uh, thepeacegym.com takes you to my website which is Jenny Critchlow so thepeacegym.com or the Peace Gym on Facebook or the Peace Gym on Twitter or the Peace Gym on Instagram I could have made that more succinct than I Ali (laughs) well you might actually be back here with us in January you are booked in to come and do a live sound bath um, Mm -hmm. one Wednesday evening it all is COVID dependent. Um, so we'll see how that goes. And obviously we'll share more about that in the new year. Um, we are actually, believe it or not, I can't believe the time goes so quickly, coming towards the end of the show. Jenny, you've shared with us some really interesting tools today. And thank you so much for sharing some of your journey and why you do what you do. To anybody listening right now thinking, oh, that's really interesting, um, but... Oh, I'm not sure if it does sit right with me or um, what would you advise? You know, what would be your final message to someone that is struggling and wants to try something different, but isn't quite sure how to go about doing that? Um, well, it always starts with a phone call, they say, but, um, uh, but nowadays also an email or an internet search is that there will be something that sits with you. So it may well be that it's um, whatever it is that I'm not for you and that someone else is, but this becomes the catalyst for, for you looking somewhere else. So you, there is something for everybody. There's 7 billion people on the planet and there's 7 billion different ways. And so just gently taking the next step into the first thing that feels comfortable would be your next step. I love that. There's seven, 7 billion people in the world in the 7 billion ways. I might actually um, write that one down and quote you later on for that one, Jenny. Thank you. <laughs> um, is there anything else you'd like to share before we finish today? I think just understanding that, um, especially in the sort of alternative world, that there can be competition like anywhere, is that this there is no such thing as um, being more spiritual or less spiritual than anybody else. Either everyone's living a spiritual life or nobody's living a spiritual life. And we are united by our similarities more than our differences. You know, there's way more similarity between me and Trump, say, than there are differences. And so there is kindness and compassion and care for you out there. But more importantly, there's kindness and compassion and care for you inside if you dare to give it to yourself. Thank you so much, Jenny. Um, Thank you for sharing your experience. Thank you for your wise words and also for those lovely songs on the Peaceful Playlist.
If you are listening to the show today and you are struggling in any way with your wellness or your mental health, please do reach out and get in contact with either your GP or talk to someone you trust and ask them to help you seek the help you need. Please know that there are services available to support you right now. You can do a simple search online and find something that suits you. If you are a loved one, do need help right now. You can also use the free CAM support messenger that I mentioned earlier. You just text Jack CAM to 85258 for free confidential support, as I said before, at any time, day or night. Now, Jenny, I'm going to ask you to say one more thing before we go. Share one more thing, sorry. Um, why is the final song on your playlist, How I Love You, Chloe Goodchild? Oh, it's just beautiful. And uh, she is really well known in the sound world. But, you know, this is a song you can give to yourself. Can you look at yourself in the eyes and sing this song and just start that journey of giving yourself what you would like the world to give you? Thanks again, Jenny. This is the end of another Wellness Wednesday show. You've been listening to Ali Swift and Jenny Critchlow. And now you're going to be listening to How I Love You, Chloe Goodchild. Until next time, please stay safe.